0: well good morning springvale yeah good to have you here whether you're online or you're here in person so good to gather as the church and we're starting a whole new year of ministry that is really unprecedented because we have gone through 18 months of covid and we're not even sure that we're out of it but we believe that the church is the church is the church regardless of what's happening in the reality around us and the circumstances we face i'm going to talk about that in a second but just remember the church is the church is the church and one of the key things we do is pray and tonight we're going to try to meet outside if it's raining don't worry we'll figure so we got lots of room in here we'll figure something out and because prayer is the means by which we learn to hear the voice of god and align ourselves to god And there has been a prayer movement in Springvale, and it's growing like an oak tree. It it grows slowly, and yet it grows strong. And in our prayer is a place where people are learning to hear God in ways they never have before and learning to pray. But it takes persistence, and it takes commitment. And so I invite you to join us, whether you've never been to a prayer meeting or prayer is a regular part of your life, this is where we gather as the body to pray. So tonight at 6, I invite you to join us. We just heard uh, how God has been working in COVID through Ethiopia. Uh, Perhaps there was a little bit of uh, confusion there because back in May, April, May of 2020, so COVID has hit and is starting to take off, and these 1,200 evangelists, eight of whom we support as a church, gather together, and they go on an evangelism spree, and see, 327,000 people put their faith in Christ. Not 327, I think that was a mistake in the way. 327,000 people over a 40 day period. And since then, that number has grown over 500,000. This all happened while COVID was hitting hard. Those evangelists did what they could do and then God did what only he could do. Right, and isn't that the way the Christian life works? We do what we can do, and then God does only what he can do. But interestingly, God most times waits for us to do what we can do before he uses that to do what only he can do. This is the nature of the church. 2nd Peter chapter 2 verse 1 as we look into the fall and we look at okay what is God calling us as a church to do we need to look at first who we are before we understand what it is that God is calling us to do 2nd or 1st Peter chapter 2 verse 1 therefore so stop whenever you see that word therefore in the text it doesn't matter if it's scripture or any other Uh, literature therefore means it's a and based upon what has been said previous to this now this it's 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 a conclusion of all that was said now this is the next step of thinking or next step of action and therefore so what came before the therefore Peter in chapter 1 is basically saying that you have been given God life through the living and abiding and enduring word of God. That that the the powerful, alive uh, word of God has entered your heart and put new life within you. That's what chapter 1 is just saying as we roll into chapter 2. And he says, since you have this word now that is in you, therefore rid now that word rid means like you do it all you rid all the time because when you take your garbage and your uh uh, compost do you store that in your basement you put it in the closet of your bedroom of course you don't because it would stink and smell and mold and so you take it, and you on your appropriate day, mine is Thursday, I take it to the end of my driveway, all bagged up, and then people come and take, get rid of it. They take it away, and they never bring it back to me. That's the deal I have in the taxes I pay. I'll put it at the end, and you take it away and put it somewhere. I want to get rid of it therefore since the living and abiding word of god is in you and has brought new life in you rid yourself of all now watch all these sins have something in common see if you can guess what that what it is it's kind of a general statement but malice rid yourself of all malice that's a hatred and an evil heart toward people all deceit all not just deceit like it isn't like there's some things that are okay to lie about but (laughs) there's others that are not all deceit, get rid of it all. Hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. You know what's, what's similar? There's probably a couple things. You know what's similar? Did you catch a line? That's These are all things that are in our heart. They start in our heart and then they motivate us to act in certain ways. They don't start as actions, they're things, conditions. Uh, environment of that, our heart stews and melts in and produces. And 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 Peter says, you know, since you've got the Word of God, this living, abiding Word of God in you, you need to get, change your heart. And then he tells us how, like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk. That's that living and abiding Word of God crave it like a baby screams for that milk when they're hungry. Crave it like that, like a baby just has to have that milk. You just have to have the living and abiding Word of God because by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Because when you absorb this Word and you respond in obedience to it, God changes you from the inside out. Well, this would be a good place to ask how much do you crave the word of god are you like a baby that and every you know every few hours you're screaming because you gotta have it is it part of your daily lifestyle because you know you j- i just have to connect with God. i long for that internal change to be the person jesus is calling me to be well that's a question you need to answer before you're going to go very far very far <laughs> sorry i'm starting to talk Bei. go very far in your christian life because when we do what we can do, absorb the word, then God does what only God can do, change the inner heart. Now this, is, this calling that Peter is giving is true because of who Jesus has made you to be, his calling on your life, not just my life, the calling on your life. And this is who we're called to be. As you come to him, as you seek him through the word, as you call out to him, the living stone, rejected by humans and chosen by God and precious to God, as you come to this living stone, well, this is a clear reference to Jesus. We'll go, when we go a little further next week in the text, he calls him the cornerstone. and, 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 and Peter is now making a metaphor because he says he's the living stone and you are living stones being built into a spiritual house or a temple what peter is now making this metaphor that he's relying to so peter's a jew and he grew up jewish before he met jesus And all Jews would go to the temple to worship. And I've been there and I've seen the retaining wall. That's all that's left of it. And the retaining, the western wall, is this massive uh, retaining wall of stones. And so the temple sat on top of that and it was just like that. It was built out of stone and with every stone structure there is a cornerstone a living stone as peter calls it the one stone that is first laid perfectly level in the perfect spot and then the rest of the building is built off of that one stone it becomes The foundation to the foundation it becomes the 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 site that everything looks to it becomes the thing that levels all things it becomes the thing that makes the foundation and builds the superstructure and he is a not a cornerstone he is a living stone and you and i are spiritual living stones that are being built into this spiritual house or temple that is new and different from the physical temple that was in jerusalem this is a, a immaterial and a relational temple that will expand the world it is a spiritual house and it sounds confusing what is an immaterial relational spiritual house Well, actually, you use a similar term to this almost every day, and I think all of you belong to an immaterial relational organization. Actually, you belong to two. Your family is one. What is a family? Like, describe it to me. I'm from a different planet, and you say you belong to a family. And I go, well, what's a family? Well, it's, uh, you know, it's, is it a building you go into? No, 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 it's not a building. It's nothing material. It's kind of like relationships you have. Like with anybody, if you have a relationship. No, it's, it's kind of, you're born into it, you belong there, you find your identity there, you can be adopted. Well, what is it? It is an immaterial relational organization or house to which you belong and find your identity. In the church that Jesus is building, that Peter is describing in metaphor, likening it to a temple, is a immaterial, relational organization called the church, to which each of us who have put our faith in Jesus. Let me just stop there for a second. Following Jesus starts with you admitting that you have broken the laws of God and don't measure up. When you see the sin that is in your life, the words you use, the behaviors you have, the things that you regret, you go, you know what? I, I, I'm a sinner. So it's admitting that. It's believing that Jesus' death on the cross pays for your sin, and then choosing to say, I surrender my life to follow Jesus. I find forgiveness of sins and new life in him. I'm now his. So when we put our faith in Jesus, we become a living stone in this temple, this immaterial, relational organization called the church. And he's, like you would build a temple, he's building this church, and he's been doing it for 3,000 years. And we belong to a universal, relational, immaterial organization And we all have the same Father, and we all have the same Savior, and we all have the same mission. And it's built upon Jesus. His death and his resurrection are the foundation for our new life that is breathed into us when we accept the word of God, this truth of the gospel, and we put it uh, into our lives through obedience, through choosing Christ and then following Christ. And we, he's crafting us into this incredible temple. Now, he goes on and he says, uh, um, for, uh, for uh, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. And he says, to be a holy priesthood, Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So, not only are you now this spiritual relational temple that God is building that is immaterial but is real, uh, but you are also a priesthood because in the temple there was priesthood. So, most Jewish people would come, offer their gifts, and then leave. But the priests stayed there and they ministered in the temple. They never, never left the temple, as far as their job goes, they were always there. That's where they ministered. That's where they did their work. That's where they did everything, because they belonged in the temple, and they were called distinctly from the rest of the Jews, priests. And Peter picks that up, and he said, you belong to Jesus in the spiritual house, and you are priests. That means that you are always in this spiritual, immaterial organization called the church. So you're always on 24/7. You are a priest. This is not something you only do on Sunday morning. You know, I I turn on the TV, get my coffee, have breakfast, sit and watch and engage, or I come here and I sit in a chair and I sing and you know I offer a few things and and then that's my job as a priest because then the rest of the six days. You know, I kind of do whatever it is I want to do, and then I come back. That is not being a priest in this spiritual, relational, immaterial organization. A priest is one who serves all the time in the temple. And because this church that Jesus is building, we're always in it. We're always on as priests. Look at this. The way you spend your money the way you work at your job. The way you speak to people, in your family, at work, in sports, the way you play sports <clears throat> he even touches that one. The <laughs> okay, conviction for me here. The way you drive, the way you talk to your neighbor everything is an offering to god because we're always on we're always priests man woman boy girl we're always pri- if we're in christ we're a spiritual living stone we belong to this spiritual relational immaterial organization called the church and we're all, our whole lives are meant to be an offering to god so COVID hits and everything shuts down. I mean, vast swaths of us were no longer traveling to work. We were working from home. Other than grocery stores and a few necessity stores, workplaces were shut down. Stores were shut down. Malls were shut down. You, you could tell there was less people on the road, like far less people on the roads. Uh, churches were shut down. Our life groups were shut down. Even people visiting their own family was shut down. We were isolated, and I wondered, what in the world is God gonna do? Everything's shut down. And then I hear, oh, 327,000, and the, the, the vanguard of COVID when it was hitting us hard, God, in one place in the world, 327,000 people put their faith in Christ. I'm like, Because COVID doesn't shut God down. But it isn't just places like Ethiopia. Man, the numbers there are huge, but that's why I chose the example. But there's small places where where God is continuing to be at work, continuing to look for people who can do what they can do so that he can do what only he can do. And it was happening here in Springfield. In fact, I came, uh, I came across nine stories I want you to share, or I want to share with you, I guess is the way to say it. So Andrea, if you want to come up, and then our team, we've got eight different people that are going to share nine different stories about they did, what they could do, and then God did something amazing from it. So Andrea, why don't you lead us?
1: Hi, so I'm Andrea, so I'm just going to share a bit about our giving During COVID, we asked Springvale to dig deep and be a part of giving to the community through the Christmas offering and the big give. We asked you to prayerfully consider giving to organizations that we had chosen. The heart of our giving in our church completely blew me away. It was amazing. (laughs) I knew that we were a giving church and that we did it out of the faithfulness to God, but this was just incredible to see God had blessed our church financially during a time where others were struggling and it was tough on people. We were able to give $100,000, wow, to organizations and communities in a time when their support was failing. You guys were so faithful, amazing.
2: So in the youth world, COVID hits, right? And if you know anything about youth, it's relational. And, and we walk with students and we go online. And myself trying to lead the youth, the leaders, we're like, w- what are we going to do? We're, we can only do so much in this situation, in this lockdown. And it's amazing how God works despite our doubt and our fear. And what this um, isolation, what this pandemic did for a lot of students was it forced them to make a decision? Is this faith journey, is Christianity real to me? Or am I just following in the footsteps of my parents and it's not really infiltrating my heart? And so we saw God work in the lives of our students. We saw students, you saw the baptisms, how many did we have? Students were saying, you know what? It's time for me to make this my own it's time for me to, yes, learn from my family, learn from that, but actually step into this for me. And on the flip side, it forced students to go, "Ah, I don't know. I don't know if this is for me, which that clarity allowed us as leaders to meet with them where they're at. So we were able to see students step into faith, and now we're able to see students and and walk with them without anything clouding it, without any misunderstandings or misconceptions. We weren't sure what we were gonna do, but God came in in a way that we couldn't and worked in the hearts of our students.
3: Morning, I'm Mark. Uh, I'm a business owner with the responsibility of around 240 staff and COVID shook the world. And I had people who were afraid to come to work and um, and they were facing all sorts of pressure from their family members to stay at home. I could understand the fear that they were facing, but God had laid on my heart that this was a great opportunity to share his love even more frequently and to demonstrate the importance of caring for our team. Our team is of every religious and non-religious background you could ever imagine. In our frequent meetings, I reminded them of the importance of giving thanks to God each and every day. I stressed the importance of not having fear paralyze us. I shared passages from Joshua 1, be strong and courageous, and um, and do not be discouraged. The Psalms and the struggles of David also brought words of encouragement. I felt the prompting of God to end each meeting with words of encouragement from the Bible, and I prayed each day that God would use it to penetrate their hearts. One of our supervisors had to deal with the tragic death of his two-and-a-half-month-old son. And all I could say to him was how sorry I was and share in the pain he was feeling. But two weeks later when I called and asked how he was doing, he told me that he was doing really well, which kind of surprised me. He explained to me that although he's not a religious guy, he did listen to what I would share from the Bible and that it was okay to question God and to be upset, but to always come back and give God thanks. He said that as soon as he did that, a real peace came over him that he could not explain. That is the power of God and the importance of being obedient to him. I could not have shared any of those spiritual things with him after his grandson's death. It was the seed which was planted prior which God used to help him with his pain.
4: So as most of you know, six months before COVID, we started prepping and planning to stream online. And we were putting in lines and conduits and getting equipment going. And we streamed twice in the building and COVID shut the world down. So, you know, March was here and the first stream, people were here, second stream, no one was here. We had to shut the building down and we could still stream. And then week three, we were in my basement. And that week three was the week that the church broke the internet. And when I say that is YouTube, Facebook, church online platform, the service crashed on Sunday because so many churches were streaming. And um, you know, we were so blessed and fortunate enough to not have to scramble to get Springville online where we were actually in such a position where we could be creative. SVTV came and we, we did this type of interactive sermon walking around using our surroundings as props in sharing the good news. And those generated thousands of thousands of views, and they're still climbing today, which is which is really good. But the biggest blessing I've seen throughout the whole COVID is actually Springville Church, the members. And I mean, week in and week out, we were looking at the amount of views, the attendance online, the interactions online, and Springville, you have been faithful every single week, um, you know, with just tuning in on Sundays. Now we did see with times, it varied. Some people enjoyed church at 11 (laughs) o'clock. So being late for church was acceptable. But um, despite all of that, the biggest blessing that I've seen in COVID is from Springville Church and your faithfulness to support Springville in this time. So thank you so much.
5: Good morning. My name is Lillian Boyd and I'm on staff here. I'm sure, like most most of you, March 2020 really threw us for a loop. There was lots of things that we were concerned about, uh, including our finances. It was never really a question that God would be faithful and provide. But when it comes to seasons of crisis, there's a role we have to play in being good stewards of the finances that God does entrust us with. And we knew we wanted to make sure that we kept money going to our missionaries and the organizations we supported. But we were also very concerned about keeping our staff paid. Um, So we worked hard to shuffle job responsibilities and make sure that hourly staff were still engaged with meaningful work. And no surprise, we ended last year with a surplus, and we're ending this year with a surplus. And I have to just say, right with Andrea, on top of that, The additional monies we've raised to go out of this church body is only proof of God's abundant blessing.
6: Hi, my name's Crystal and I had a, I I just wanna tell you a quick story what happened in COVID. I was having my devotional time and I really felt the spirit of God saying to me, I want you to give Bibles to all your neighbors. I live on a road that don't have like, we're all kind of spread out. And I'm like, really? And so I just wanna say that I didn't obey right away. I'm not coming from this, hey, when I hear it, I do it. That wasn't it. So um, it just kept coming back. I want you to give Bibles to your neighbors. I'm like, are you kidding me? Even the people I don't know? So I shared it with my family, my kids and my husband. They're like, yeah, what's holding you back, mom? I'm like, oh, okay. So we um, ordered the Bibles. Um, Ed and I wrote notes to all of our neighbors. Um, in these, um, and um, I just want to tell you a real God story of what happened. I had huge response. It just blew my mind in the obedience of me just handing out these Bibles to my neighbors. But one in particular, Ed and Eric coming up to the driveway and I'm like, oh, I don't want to give a Bible to this neighbor, I don't want to do it. And then I thought, oh, well, he's gonna say, oh no, no. He's like, yeah, me neither. I'm like, oh brother. So both of us just had this overwhelming dread, don't give the Bible to this neighbor. We recognized right away this was spiritual warfare. We prayed, we gave the Bible to the neighbor. 20 minutes later, I get a text. Hey, Crystal, so nobody's home, put it in the mailbox. Hey, Crystal, I wanna thank you for the very first Bible I've ever been given. He says, in fact, I have a friend whose name is, he gave it in the text and he said, he's been asking me to read the Bible and now I have my very first one. So we do what we can do and only God does what he can do.
7: Hi, my name is Lester, I'm on staff here at Springvale. I'm the pastor of Adult Discipleship, and if I haven't met you yet, I look forward to doing so sometime soon. Now, starting a new job is tough. Uh, I'm sure many of you have have started new jobs and have found it tough, Uh, but also moving churches is tough because these are some of the people that are supposed to be your closest relationships as part of the family of God. Now, starting at a new church, at a new job, with a new, Uh, uh, new responsibilities is even tougher because some of these people uh, you never meet and you rarely see. Uh, And so I was tasked with the responsibility of discipling young adults during that time um, and during this time. And one of the adults uh, or one of the uh, uh, ideas that we came up with is uh, doing a podcast because I read that 41% of people between the ages of 18 and 35 had engaged with listening to a podcast uh, over the past week. 41% of just people in general. And so uh, the idea was Brett and I would start, Brett Fontaine and I would start a podcast, and hopefully we'd get maybe 10 people listening, 15 we'd be thrilled. But God did amazing things, and he even doubled and tripled that number. And so we were able to disciple our people through a podcast and a creative idea that was just kind of a side project, but ended up being something really cool for us.
8: My name is uh, Mike U.S. and our plan for Alpha and starting point when COVID hit was to wait until we could meet in person. Then... The Holy Spirit convicted me that I needed to look at the needs all around us. People were hurting. People were interrupted. And not to look at it from a top-down leadership or management plan, which prompted us to offer Alpha Online. And we were the first in our region to offer Alpha Online and starting point. And we ended up with seven larger groups meeting online alpha, two one-on-one alphas and one two-on-one alpha. And this blessed us in the, in the ministry of meeting online with four commitments to Jesus and one recommitment to Jesus. And that is an incredible blessing through obedience. And we're pleased to offer Alpha in person, starting September 28th. We're offering three in-person Alphas and one online Alpha on September 28th. So please invite and register. Thank you.
1: I'm up here again. I'm going to share one more thing. Um, So camps, we got to do camp this summer. Um, in a time of uncertainty, and we're seeing that no churches, hardly any churches, maybe a couple of churches were running um, some camps this summer, and we knew that Adventure Camp, as we had, had done it, was just not going to happen this summer. But God showed up for us, and um, he helped Julie and I as we were brainstorming, as we were thinking through how summer would go, and how we would run a camp, God just gave us and I know gave Julie a vision to do it even in a smaller capacity, but we could do it still, and it was pretty cool. We saw um, God work in the heart of our children, and um, we ended up calling this whole thing AC Remix, so a little bit of adventure camp in a remix way. That's what we did, and we had so much fun. We saw 79 kids come to camp this summer. We had this gym all kind of... um, in sections so we could spread out and be COVID safe, and we had a great time. We had 75% of kids that came that were from the community, so we hadn't seen them before, and we had three intentional faith conversations with campers. We saw kids experience him in a new way this summer, and it was amazing to be a part of that.
0: So i hope what you picked up was people did what they could do and then god did what only he could do now i'm gonna guess that we could have a lot more stories from people that are sitting here or online about how you did something for god that you felt prompted or led to for god and that he responded these are just the ones i knew about that's why i asked them but. But what i want us to remember is we're starting a whole new ministry year this is the that really the beginning of our ministry year it's the beginning of the school year it's the beginning of church calendar it's really unofficially the the start of a new year even though we say january 1st is but we're well into the year by january uh, just the calendar changes but life changes after summer's over and now the new things are beginning up and starting again and, and I don't know what is going to happen this year with regard to COVID or anything else. I don't know if we're going to have lockdowns again. I don't know if we're going to be set free and COVID's going to be defeated and we're going to move on. I don't know. But what I do know from the past year and a half is this, it really doesn't matter when it comes to our calling as belonging to this spiritual entity, this, this immaterial relational entity that Jesus has been building for 2,000 years and is building today through his people, and that our calling as priests to serve God wherever we're at, whatever we're doing, whenever we're doing it, that that God will work. If we do what we can do that we know he wants us to do, then he will do what only he could do, and we will see God continue to change the world and build his church, which is his mission. That's what it's all about. That's why we belong to him. That's what he's called us to do. That's what he calls us to do every day in our families, at work, in our sports, everywhere we go, he calls us to be part of what he's doing, the heart change of people for salvation and for the growth once they come to Christ, their growth in Christ to become more like Jesus. That's what he's all about. And whenever we do what we can do, then he will do what only he can do. And we saw it happen last year. So this is what we want to do. We want to start this year worshiping God and praising him because of how he worked, not just in the world, but also in us. And that as we focus on him, doesn't matter what comes this year, we'll find the things that we can do. And even if we go through, I know you're gonna hate me for this, COVID for the next 12 months, we'll be back here next year. The church will still be here. We'll be back unless Jesus comes. Well, The church will still be here, and we will be, have more stories of things God did because we did what we could do, and he'll do what only he could do. So let's worship and praise a God that we can trust and depend upon. Ashley.